0: Ready? I'll talk about testing and uh, not really specifically about how to test but how to integrate testing with uh, development and with delivery So the main question we're going to raise I changed the title to make it really shorter because the first one, the original one, was quite long This one actually explains what I want to say So we're going to discuss what is the the criteria for saying that the product is ready for production is ready for delivery to, to end users and what is the, what is the, it's the criteria? is called test uh, exit criteria So what's the moment, what's the right moment to stop testing and start using the product? Uh, first, we're gonna, I'm going I'm to say, I'm going to show that we have two very typical, very fundamental mistakes most programmers and testers are making Then I will put these two mistakes together and we will discuss what is the solution So how we can get out of these two mistakes if we accept, if we admit that these are the mistakes And then we'll discuss what's the practical application of this new knowledge we're going to obtain today And how we can put it in practice in our real projects So the first mistake is that um, this is Wikipedia So I quoted that from Wikipedia uh, and uh, what do you think is wrong here? If you don't know, I'll tell you, I think everything is wrong So the definition which Wikipedia and many books and many testing courses And many studies about testing give us wrong and make wrong Is the understanding that the testing is intended to prove that the product actually works So that's the definition of testing that makes testers, that confuses testers, that confuses programmers and, 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 And ruins the whole purpose of testing uh, by, by saying that we, we, A, we want to prove that the application works We're kind of losing the point for testers to do any work Because if my job is to prove that it works Then basically I don't want to find any bugs I don't, def- I don't want to find any defects I just say it works and then prove me the opposite So for testers, they're not really motivated to break the software They're not really motivated to, to show that it doesn't work Because the definition of testing is this it's a very typical mistake, it's not just me saying, there's a quite popular book which is called The Art of uh, Software Testing Which I really recommend to take a look at, it's not really big, it's a small book, but very popular, about I don't know, 25 years old But this is the third edition, by Glanford Myers, and it says that testing is the process of executing the, the program with the intent of finding errors so the Wikipedia says that the intent is to prove that the application works While the real intent should be to prove that it doesn't work So the tester, when the tester starts, starts working with the, with the product He or she has to aim for proving us that there are bugs actually That the application doesn't work And if the tester can do that, can prove that point Can prove that the application doesn't work Then we can say that the test was successful So the successful test is the one which actually found some bugs And the failed test is the one which didn't find any bugs While traditionally we put these names quite in, in, in opposite positions So usually people say like, hey, my test passed Which means there are no bugs Which, it's the opposite, so they have to say, my test failed So all of my tests, they failed, I didn't find any bugs, so my job, I just failed my job So you gave me some time, I worked on that for a day, and I found no bugs, so I failed you paid me for nothing, because I didn't prove that the application is broken So my intent to find bugs was not, was not completed That's the first mistake, quite fundamental and The Mistake number two, which is... Uh, I, I, did, I didn't find the quote for, for that, I don't know who said that But I, can, we, I think we all believe that, that the good software doesn't have bugs So we, we believe that when we, testing is finished, it means that the product doesn't have bugs So we give it to the customer and we think that there are no bugs And we're trying to test to the point where there are no bugs We just test and say, okay, now is it ready? ready, It's ready means that we we don't have any bugs in there And we we believe that it's possible to create a zero bug, a bug-free application Again, it's a mistake, quite fundamental, and um, again I'm quoting the same book And that book says that it's impossible, it's theoretically and practically impossible to create an application which doesn't have any bugs So in any software, in any product, there's unlimited amount of bugs It's just full of problems, full of defects The only question is how many of them we know, how many of them we manage to find It's not a question of how many of them we have there, it's just unlimited amount And the more complex the software, the bigger this infinity Well, it's unlimited already, but the bigger the software, the more complex it is The more features it has, has, the, the, the bigger the amount of bugs so it's not possible to measure them. It's not possible to say how many of them there. The only thing we can measure is how many we found already, how many we fixed already. These are basically two numbers we can work with: how many we managed to find and how many we managed to fix. How many is there still? We don't know. It's unlimited. So if you, if we put these two mistakes together, if we, if we solve that, I mean, if we agree that the first mistake is not, if we agree that it was a mistake, so we believe that. Uh, our intent is to find bugs, and then we also believe that there's a limited amount of bugs So the question is, when do we stop? So if I'm a tester, and you give me the product, and I have to test it And I know that my goal is to find more bugs, and I know there's an unlimited amount of them there So the question is, so what do you want from me? Just keep testing? I will, and I will find more, and more, and more, and there will be not, it will be unlimited The more you pay me, the longer I work the longer you sit in the office, in front of the computer, the more bugs you will have So the question is, when do we stop? When do we say, when do we can, we can tell our testers that it's time to stop It's time to put it on the market, that's it Thanks for your job, thanks for doing this testing, you spent like a week or whatever And now we're going to put it on the market Understanding that there are still bugs left there Because we know that no matter how long they test, no matter how much time they spend for testing There's still something left So we understand that it's going to go to the market with the bugs, so we need to find this exit criteria. We need to, you know, kind of understand how to measure this job. If we if we agree that these two mistakes were actually mistakes, if, there, if we don't agree, like most companies do, they just they just think that it's a limited amount of bugs. They just, you know, spend some time on testing, and, and when testers can't find anything else, they just say, sure, there's nothing left. Let's put it on the market. They kind of don't understand that there's way more in there. <laughs> so so the question is. Uh, Basically there are four, as far as I know, Well, could, could be more, but there are four different approaches to defining this exit criteria To saying when it's time to stop The first one is quite popular, it's called all scripts pass So when all my scripts, let's say I'm a manual tester So you give me the mobile app and I have like a list of scripts which I need to do I need to log in, I need to post my picture, I need to like this picture, I need to delete that picture And I need to close my account This is the list of my scripts, so I'm the manual tester You give me the new version of the app I go through the scripts, I click these buttons I like, unlike, dislike, create account They pass, good, the product is ready for the market So that's the traditional understanding But in that case we already understand That we're not going to test anything We just prove that the, the product works But we need to do the opposite We need to prove that that current version has more bugs I mean it has some bugs, so we need to find them in order to achieve some testing goals, so if we if we use that criteria for all the scripts passed, we will always do the minimum amount of work we can do. So all the testers will do just the minimum, the bare minimum of testing they can do. It's obvious, right? Because they're not interested to find any bugs. All they're interested to do is to finish this, this script. So they're just they just they're just doing manual operations. They're not in, they're not they don't want to break the app. They don't want to find how it breaks in the hands of users. So they're not going to find new bugs, then who will find that bugs? Users So we're going to ship it to the market, the users will download the app, and they will find bugs So this the first approach to this criteria, which is really popular, I've seen it in three companies So I've worked like in, three, in three different companies, I've seen manual testing, and all of them were doing the same They had like long lists like scripts on paper, testers were sitting in front of these papers And they were doing exactly the same and the same on every release and they call it regression testing Some people call it re- regression testing So they kind of, you know, they go through the same features again and again Doing testing for the same features It's just a bare minimum, it's not a real testing And it's not going to help us to, to achieve our goals So this is a really primitive approach A more complex one uh, is called when time is over This is a little bit better because uh, in this case we are giving our testers some time And saying that you have one week, for example, for this new release We don't care, I mean, what you do, but you need to keep testing for a week I mean, you have to test, you have to test for a week And whatever comes out of this testing, we call this bugs So you find bugs for a week If you you finish your scripts in a day, we don't care, you still have four days left So you need to keep testing, you need to keep finding bugs It's better than before, because in this case, testers are actually motivated To deliver some bugs to us, to break the application Initially, they will do all the script, they will see that, you know, we didn't find any bugs And they will understand that the, the, the mission is incomplete So they need to do something else and they still have time So they will, they will keep testing and they will find more So that's a better one, it's a better, um, better uh, definition of this exit criteria by time So we give some certain time for testing um, But still, how do we know that these testers will actually find anything? There's no goal for them for finding bugs the only goal is to wait until Friday So all they do, they just be there in front of the product till Friday If live Friday is here, my job is done So we're basically giving them the goal to, you know, to approach, the, to reach the Friday this is, not really, this is not really what we want from them We want to them to give us bugs, to, to show us where the product fails Before we give it to the customer And then the customer calls us back and says, hey, it doesn't work I installed it on some Galaxy, whatever version, it doesn't work anymore it worked before, it doesn't work Your testers didn't have that Galaxy So boom, it's a bug But our testers, they were not motivated to test it on Galaxy Or not Galaxy, they just waited for Friday So they're not going to find that bug They just don't have the motivation to do that And that's the problem with this Time is time is over approach And again, I've seen it many times as well Especially with outsourcing So they, if you find a testing company Somewhere abroad And you ask this company, can you test this product for me You will see what kind of Bill, they will send you The bill will say this amount of hours for testing And you're going to ask, like, I don't need your hours I need, I mean, I need to know that it doesn't fail on I mean, that it fails on Galaxy 6 or whatever But they will charge you for hours And, and it's kind of, it's, it's a conflict between interests So if they really, this outsourcing company If they really understands the idea of, understand the idea of testing They will not charge you per hour They will not charge you for the time they spend for testing They will charge you somewhere else but, 99.9% of companies will charge you for the time they spend for testing Which is wrong uh, Another approach is close to time is over as money is over I just mentioned it already So, some people do, like, you know, we have some budget for testing So we have this budget for development, this budget for testing, money is over And then do whatever you want, but we've spent all the money for testers we found that amount of bugs, we proved that it breaks on Galaxy 6 and it breaks on that, that another platform And that's it Pay us more, we're going to find more This is better, this is better of course because uh, Better than time because, uh, well, they kind of uh, Well, I don't think it's really better, it's close, it's almost the same But money is over is for outsourcing mostly So when you're going to work with outsourcing company, they're going to talk about money, they're not time so time is for in-house testing, when you, you know, we have time of people sitting in the office Money is for the outsourcing, when you outsource testing And they're gonna charge you for that um, in, in both cases there will be problems, like I said, with motivation They will not deliver you bugs, they will deliver you bills for, uh, you know, for the time they spend So the intent of finding bugs is not there So they're just doing something else, they're testing, not finding bugs um, So the only, I'm getting to the right approach, which I think is, which I think is better uh, and it's not just me thinking. Again I'm going to quote again, I'm going to quote a few books. I would say this is bug targets. So we need to define some targets for testers and say that we are looking where we need you as a tester to find some amount of bugs, for example, or to find that amount of critical bugs. Or to find that amount of... Some, some targets which are connected to their main goal, finding bugs So we need to ask them to prove us in some way some, you know, We need to measure it somehow So we need the testers to prove us that the product fails Like, prove us five times Or prove us from five different angles Or prove us on three platforms so that it fails on three platforms Find a way how it fails and prove that it fails, if you can if you can't, that's a different discussion. But this this has to be the goal. this has to be the target for testers. I'm sure it sounds un, you know counterintuitive for most of you, so you're not used to that, but just try to think about it. It's not just me saying we actually tried that. And it's not just me. So look at this book which says, and I quote the same book about testing. It says uh, uh, the author says that since the goal of testing is to find errors, why not make the completion criteria, the detection of some predefined number of errors He's asking But I think it's possible, we did it So instead of giving them time Them, testers, instead of giving them money Instead of just asking them test, Just ask them to deliver Certain amount of bugs back to you Just ask them, we need On that period of testing For this release, for this version We need 15 critical bugs to be found Do whatever you want Spend whatever you want, spend as much time as you want, for example, as much money as you want. But we need 15 trouble, 15 bugs and defects to be found for, for example, for that amount of for that platforms. And then the testers will come back to you with a budget. And then the testers, they kind of gonna estimate somehow, they will come back and say, hey, that will take a month, or it will take three days, or it will take, I don't know, a million dollars. So they will give you an estimate of how much it will take for them to find bugs, to break your product, to, to prove that it doesn't work And that's just a, an idea of, of, of what should be the goal And we're using it in our projects So we, we, put the, we set the goal in the numbers of, bug, of bugs In all projects And we'll discuss it a bit later I'll show you how we motivate testers to do that Another book, which is also quite interesting I really recommend it to read, by David West uh, It's about object-oriented thinking Object-oriented programming, but there is some There's some chapter about testing as well About, not testing, but the the, the philosophy of of delivering software And the author says that uh, software has to be released to production Not when it's known to be correct Which is impossible to know that the software is correct But when the rate of discovering errors slows down So it's it's a little bit more democratic approach than the previous one So we're not just asking for specific amount of bugs we're just asking testers, not asking, but we're looking at how many bugs testers are finding And then we see the rate of these bugs when the, when the development starts, we create more code and the amount of bugs will go up, definitely The more code you create, the more bugs are there And then the code will kind of stabilize So you will have less, you will commit less code, less changes And the amount of bugs will go down, for sure And then, and it, will not, it will not hit zero, ever, it shouldn't because your testers are always breaking your product They're always proving you that it doesn't work It doesn't work And the amount of bugs will still go down Because you're going to pay them some certain amount of money Like for every day, for example You're not going to lower the budget You're not going to increase the budget But using the same time, they will be able to find less and less Not zero, but less and less So the amount of bugs will go down At some point of time, the management looks at it And says, okay, now we're finding instead of 20 bugs a day We're finding just five and the amount of critical bugs in them is just 5% So it means like once a week we're finding one critical bug It's an acceptable rate to put this stuff on the market So we're not going to wait for zero We're not going to wait when the amount of bugs is zero Like no, we, we don't find anything It's not going to happen All we know is that there's a certain amount, certain rate At which we say that uh, this product is in an acceptable situation An acceptable position to be delivered to end users It's not bug free there's still bugs, we know that they're there, we can find more if you give us more time But it's a compromise between the time to market and the amount of effort uh, and the quality we want to achieve So we're kind of telling ourselves that we cannot achieve that you know, ideal quality, it's not possible But we need to put it on the market So we find some compromise at some point of time So we always measure how many bugs we find, I'll always measure this metric, we just look at it We means management and then at some point of time, the project manager says, boom, that's the moment I can release it. We put it on the market, and then the new release, people study, programmers start working on the new release, so they make changes again. Again, the amount of bugs go up. Because, I mean, people break stuff. People break stuff, and the new version again is broken here and there. Tester, it's easier for testers again to find bugs. They show you more problems. They, they report bugs like in a very high speed, and then again it goes down, down, down. And at some point, you release it to the market. That's what the book suggests, and I, I like that. Uh, so, if we put these whole things together, all of these ideas together, and we put it in, like, in real life, then you will probably have three questions, which I'm going to highlight now, and then I'm finishing. Question number one uh, In this philosophy, you will look, if you look at this or everything I just said, and you kind of train your testers to think like that and programmers. Then eventually you will realize that for you, for you as a manager, for you as a developer, as a tester The bug is a good thing Because they want you to find bugs They are happy when you find bugs They are asking you to deliver that bugs, And they pay attention to bugs uh, as a a valuable metric of, of the business And this is true You should think about bugs, being a developer or a tester, as a really Good thing for you as a, as, as, a, as a member of the project Because the more bugs you can find locally The more bugs you can get from your product The more bugs your testers will find The less bugs your, your, your users will find So all we do is that we look at this unlimited amount of bugs And just trying to move bugs from, uh, from the area where we don't, know, we don't see them To the area where we can see them All we're doing is just moving from that place to that place but our users, they will see them there. Because when they look at the product, when they, when they when they get the product on their mobile phones, they will find bugs which we were not able to find. So the bug for us is a good thing. The more bugs you have in your bug tracking system, the higher is the quality of your software. That's kind of counterintuitive. Counterintuitive may may, may sound for you, but I've seen a few teams when I look at them, when I talk to them, they say, look at our bug tracking system, they're just 50 bugs. Look how great we are. This is wrong. You, when you say that you just have 50 bugs and you're working for a year in a team of 10 people, that means that you have really low quality. Because if you found just 50 bugs and reported them and fixed them, then I can imagine how many more bugs are still there. And it's, and it's, com- I mean, it's completely wrong to think that they, they, some of them say, no, we don't make bugs. I mean, we write the clean code, we just don't make it It's wrong, it's impossible There's still a limited amount of them And you just don't have testing, you just don't know how to find them You just didn't pay your testers enough, you didn't, write, you didn't find the right testers You didn't organize your testing process So something is wrong and that's why you found just 50 bucks It's not that you're great, it's not the team is great No, the team is, I mean, the team is underperforming The team is just writing code But the team was not able to organize the second track of, of activity the, the code writing is one track. The bug finding is a separate track, and they have to go in parallel. Code writing writes code. Bug finding finds bugs. I mean testing, bug finding, whatever. So the first question is: Bug is a good thing? Yes, bug is a good thing for all of us. It's good to find bugs. We need them. We need to think about them as a as a material for us, as something to work with. Because the bug, which we, the bug is something which we can you know, label We know we have a number And it's, some, it's a problem which we're able, which we're able to move from the, from, the, from the unseen territory To the territory where we can see it So we didn't know that our product breaks on Galaxy 6 Now we know it So it was a bug before Well, it was a problem before Now it's a bug Is it good? It's definitely good We need more of them The more bugs we have The higher the quality of the software Make sense? I hope so. Second question, how do we motivate testers? That's the question which you're gonna ask, definitely. So if you tell testers that your intent is to fight bugs, and then hey guys, there's a limited of them amount of them. So the question is how do how are we gonna pay these people? I mean, what's the what's the criteria? Like which tester is good, which tester is bad. I found, again, my experience tells me that the, the most, the easiest way to to motivate testers The most you know, democratic And the most effective The most practical way Is to pay them per bug They find a bug We pay them You're laughing, but we're working like that for five years We're paying testers And programmers for bugs We even motivate programmers To report bugs to us so we're telling them, look, you're now a programmer right now, you're working on this piece of code But you look at the other piece of code and you find something is wrong there Report it to us, we're gonna pay you for that Because we need bugs, Bug is a good thing for us, we need these reports So we're just paying them, we're only paying testers and we're paying programmers We don't pay any salaries to testers, we just find the person on the market, they join our team And we say, hey, we don't promise you anything, there is no salary, nothing, you can work, you cannot work We're only gonna pay you when you find problems you can find them. Fifty of them a day. You can find one of them a day. It's your, it's your responsibility. Just find them, and they keep finding them. And of course, sometimes people—they will try to abuse the system. They will find some some you know minor stuff and say, "Hey, I found the bug. This you know button is one pixel left or one pixel right. It's a bug." Well, in some applications, it's not—it's not really a bug. It's like minor thing. So we, of course, filter these bugs. They're coming in, and we have an architect who filters this you know. Uh, this garbage sometimes off I mean, we, put it, we, we just, we just don't, we don't pay for everything Sometimes duplicates are coming Like one tester finds a bug Another tester finds exactly the same bug So the duplicates, we don't pay for that But if the bug is you know, meaningful And it makes sense And it's properly reported Then we just pay for it And that's the only, in my opinion The only proper motivation for testing For, for testers Because the intent is to find bugs Here's the money for the bug there's a limited amount of bugs, so here's a limited amount of money for you guys You want to make more? Just find more We're not limiting you, we're not telling you find 20 bugs and that's it No, we're just paying you, in our case well, for testers we're paying approximately Not approximately, but exactly um, I'll give you numbers, so when testers join our team they all have like hourly rates If they're good testers, they're like 25 for example dollars an hour or 30 dollars an hour Then if it's like say 30 dollars an hour, so we're paying 15 minutes for each bug So it's for $30 an hour, it's 7.50 So we're giving them $7.50 Seven and a half For each bug You find four bugs, we're gonna pay you for you for $30 You find eight bugs, we're gonna pay you $60 That's the math And Sometimes we, I mean, sometimes people complain Like initially when they join us And they say it's kind of a weird system Because who knows how much time I'm gonna spend for this bug Like, how do I know? And then we say, yeah, but, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, your, it's, it's your estimate If you, if you can't, if you, if you, I mean, it's, it's, a matter, it's, it's just a financial transaction between us because, But in the end, all we need is that bug report We don't need time to be spent on testing we, didn't, we don't need just to spend our money on that We need to know where our application breaks So here's my recommendation, the paper bug And it's not just me, a number of companies on the market Which you can hire, and they will charge you like that I've even heard, I don't remember the name, I've heard about, I've heard about some cloud solutions where you can just uh, hire a tester right there Just create an account, hire a tester and give the product to these guys I don't know who, who are these guys, where they find testers But they will just report bugs to you, to your Jira account, to your Trello account, somewhere You just tell them where to report the bugs, they will report that stuff to you and you pay them for each bug reported It's like a cloud, you know, cloud solution for testing I think it's the future, so for the questions, give me, like I'm finishing, two more minutes So I think that's really the future, and everybody, all the testing should work like that My last slide Question number three, just please remember your question, we'll answer it So question number three, uh, you will definitely face that question if you start working like I'm suggesting Is how can you predict the amount of bugs you're aiming for? So in our case we do have like i said we have testers and we tell them find you know as much as you can but we still have we, need, we still need a budget for that so we can't just you know pay them as much money as they want for all the bugs they find we need to find some goal we need to say that for this amount of soft, for this amount of feature features for that release for that version we need 100 bugs we we think that after we find 100 bugs then probably it's going to be the achievable quality the quality we want to achieve, acceptable quality for the for the for the customer, or 500 bucks. So how do you know this number? How to predict? How to predict that number and how to uh, to rely on the numbers? That's a big question. In this book, which I suggested, the Art of Software Testing, that's a whole chapter. I mean, the the, the few pages Are even more dedicated to discussion of this problem. My practical experience is that. Uh, it's difficult, it's sometimes not impossible, but it's really difficult If you don't have enough experience of working with similar products with a similar programmer, similar group of programmers So what I, pay, what I, what I uh, take into account is the lines of code we created The amount of features we introduced The amount of people worked on this problem So we, the amount of money we spent on creating the product And then we put all these numbers together and then we get out some number which says the amount of bugs is 300 is an acceptable number so as soon as we hit, hit, hit as soon as we have 300 then we are more or less close to saying that the amount of bugs we can see is you know is acceptable enough to say that the the the, the amount of critical bugs left over there is not that big how are you going to do it in your pra- in your pra- in your project in your projects in your practical implementation of all that i don't know it's a question. I tried to make a formula a few years ago, and I failed, so there are too many you know too many variables, too many pieces you need to put together, so it's more like guessing it's more like you know it's expert judgment, but it's still possible so it's better to have that number instead of not having any numbers and just saying, you know we keep testing, we pay for bugs, and we just don't know when we're going to stop it's better to Get some To set some goal for yourself To set some milestone And say that we're going to test until we have 100, until we have 200 Or 300 The next project will, you will revise that number And you will do differently But initially it's going to be expert expert judgment This is my last slide and I'm finished So I recommend these two books Just take a look at them I really enjoy them reading uh, The first one about testing It's really not a big book And it's really old And it's so The book which will change your mindset. If you really care about testing, it will flip your mindset upside down. Seriously recommend. The second one is more about programming, but there are still a lot of interesting things said about the the philosophy of development, the the thinking of of how we deliver software and how we we, we put pieces together. So that's it. We still have 10 minutes, I guess, maybe even more, for questions. We have some questions. So, what is a good tester? Question number one. Uh, Just I said, uh, the good tester is the one who uh, is capable of finding more bugs, that's it I even, once I had an experience, personal experience, I joined a team and there was a group of testers And they put me a manager in this group, like it was accidentally for just a month And I had to manage these four people, and there were four testers working for two years in this company So I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know them before And the first thing I said on the first meeting, I said, hey guys We need to start thinking who is I mean what's going on here. So who is performing how? So let's just calculate how many bugs we you four guys report in a week. And they said like, yeah, sure, why not? No problem. But keep in mind we're doing other things. I mean, it's not it's not the right metric, blah blah blah. So they kinda they were trying to push me back. And I said, Don't, don't, I mean, it's not really important, but let's take a look. What the result is And then in the end of the week We had like one guy reported zero Another guy reported two Another guy reported 30 And then another guy reported 30 So there were obviously two people who were not testing And two people were actually testing And the next week we had And I said to them to the end of the week Like look at this numbers, There's something wrong Because it's not possible You work for five days And you found zero bugs Like what the hell are you doing here why are we paying you? Like, what's the point? And he said, hey, I was doing something else I, I had this, this and that And I and I was like, but our job as a group is to test Our job is not to do this and that So I said, the next week, I told him The next week, if you're going to do something else or something else Come to me first and, and ask me, like Tell me that you're not going to find that bug So the next week he didn't come to me <laughs> Nothing was done And then at the end of the week, it was again The result was one or zero, something like that So it was obvious that the person was not, it was not working so they answering this question, who was the good tester? Then I said that you are not a good tester, and that guy. Is a, but that person was paid well better than the, these two guys who were testing. They were junior testers, and he was the senior tester. But the results were quite the opposite. The objective results from this senior tester was zero, one, zero, 1 and these people were actually testing every week. They were finding bugs like thirty bugs a week. That's the number you can use in your you know estimates. Thirty bugs a week. That's the number I saw. People working full-time in the office five days, eight hours a day And the other guy was zero, zero And then I told him, like, you know, we, we have to change something Either you start finding that bug or I'm going to talk to the management that they have to change something Maybe move you to that different position Maybe you're a good analyst, maybe you're a at programmer, whatever But you're not a tester It's pointless to have you because you're not delivering the main product which we need to deliver The result of our group is the amount of bugs we find That's what the business needs from us Not testing Not, you know, showing that the product is consistent enough, like Wikipedia says Nobody needs that, I mean, it's pointless, all we need is bugs So that's answering the first question Do you say, the second question, do you say that regression testing needs to be skipped? That's a good question, so I started with saying that regression, you know, regression testing is like when we get the product and we run the same test manually, step by step In order to, well, in order to to, to say that it works Um, I'm saying that regression testing is The tester has to make a decision whether the tester needs that or not So if I'm a tester And my goal, imagine I I go to the office, I start working on this place And my goal is to find 30 bugs by Friday And then I look at this regression script And it's my decision now Do I need them or I don't if I feel I, I look at the product, I download an app, and I, if I feel that they made many, they made many changes, and the best way for me to fish for bugs using that regression testing, then I'll do it. But if I feel that I will find more bugs doing something else, then I'll do something else. So it's not we need to motivate testers to make that decision. It's their decision. It's not our decision. We shouldn't tell them that first of all you go through regression testing. That's wrong because they they will have they will have. No intent, no motivation to find problems They will just do monkey job, clicking buttons Ignoring, in most cases, problems Because they want to finish the testing Our mind works to finish the stuff we're doing And if the goal is to finish the script of, I don't know, 50, 500 steps Then all we want to do is to finish it as soon as possible So as soon as I see some problem and some step, I'll just ignore it Because I know how, to, you know how to do the workaround And how to get to the next step, the next step But I will try subconsciously to move as fast as possible to the end of the script That's gonna be my goal, my intent, to finish the script So I will find as little amount of bugs as possible In order to complete the script So regression testing may be used by a tester But the tester has to make that decision The tester has to say, look The tester may, may ask programmers, like, hey guys Where did you introduce most of the changes? And the programmers will say, you know, we introduced a new feature So when you like the photo, a music plays that's what we did in this release And I, then I look at the app and I'm saying like Hey, I'm not going to do regression testing for login and logout It's like pointless, because I mean, for me If I'm motivated to find 30 bugs I'll jump immediately to the feature of liking the, 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 the picture And I will try to like it different times And I see how the music plays Because I know that th- this is the easiest way for me to achieve my goal And my goal is to find bugs So regression test is responsibility of the tester And the tester makes the decision The next question uh, what if testers can deliver bugs because bugs are simply not there uh, Then we just fire testers We don't need testers If the testers cannot find bugs, then there's no bug I mean, the bugs are still there, but the testers are not powerful enough We change them, we have somebody else We need to find somebody else If we, these testers cannot find them it's like, in the, you know, your car, is something is wrong with your car When you drive it, it's like You drive to the body shop, to the car station And say, hey, something is clicking there And the guy says, no, it's pretty good, it's okay Then what do you do? You find another guy, right? You don't work with this guy You say, no, it's clicking when I drive And he's like, no, I looked everywhere, I prove it Like Wikipedia says, I just did my job I spent four hours, and I proved the car works And you're like, yeah, sure, it's pointless I don't need that kind of report I need another guy The same here So if we have testers who say like There are no bugs, it's great The product is perfect Then something is wrong with the testers Because we know, in in case of a car We know, okay, the bug is here or not the bug is here Because we can hear it or we cannot hear But in case of software We know that it's a limited amount of bugs We agreed about that So the software has so many bugs We can't even imagine how many of them If it's a mobile app, imagine how many different phones People can use to use your application Hundreds of them so we really can say that on all the hundreds, the application works perfectly? No, definitely not So, and then the tester says, yes, yes, it's, there's no bugs, it works everywhere We kind of question the skills of this tester Yeah, let's get the question
1: But, uh, but I think uh, the whole philosophy is wrong, I mean, your target is not finding the bug uh, You want the development process uh, you want developer to deliver stuff as good as he can. And I guess you will save more time if the uh, tester will talk before the developing the feature with the programmer and ask what he will be checking in. And uh, because it takes a lot of time when you found the web and everything is done, and the developer will working on different features. So I think the point should be improving the process and telling coders what they should look at. Not like, <laughs> that, that's the same as the last question, do you pay developer per line? I mean, if you pay per line, they will give you lines. But the target is to making software good, not to find the bug. Well, yeah, uh, uh, kind of I'm two
0: questions here So I'm answer, I'll answer the first one So should the, the testers ask developers Before developers create something And should they work together in order to make the software better Definitely But not to make the software better Just, you know, we want to make it better But the tester The tester knows that the goal is to find 30 bugs by Friday So the tester comes to the developer And look at what developer is doing right now In order to get the information How it will be easier for me to break this stuff so when I'm looking at the developer, say I'm a tester I'm staying behind the developer, I'm looking at what the developer is writing And I'm recording for myself, ah, oh, he made a mistake here He probably made a mistake there, there, there I'm recording it for myself, if I'm, if I'm a smart tester So I'm looking at how this product is created So I'm, I'm doing this kind of glass box testing Not black box, like I'm just the product and I don't know what's inside But I'm, I'm working close with the developer But not to help this guy Not to help, this is not my motivation We are against each other, kind of We have this, you know, constructive conflict This person is interested to deliver software I'm interested to break it And this combination of interests will produce high quality If that person will deliver and deliver and deliver Thinking about just functionality and features And I will think about breaking and breaking and breaking And then my my bugs, which I report They will get back to developers And they will improve their code Improve and improve and improve And then eventually the the rate of these bugs will go down And we put it to the market so that's the idea of achieving quality So achieve, and then answering your second question So achieve quality, to achieve quality by just saying we want quality, it's not possible So no matter how much you, 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 you say in the office that, hey guys, we work together, we want to make it better I mean, there has to be some protocol, some discipline, some mechanism, some methodology to achieve quality I'm suggesting this one I'm suggesting to look at bugs as a good thing and motivate testers to deliver them and that like I explained logically That will help us to get as many problems From the dark area to the light area Discover them, fix them And improve the quality That's what I think is quality So if somebody asks me how do you measure quality I would say I measure the amount of bugs Like I said, the amount of bugs found In a certain amount of time So if I look at the one year project With 50,000 lines of code And there are just 50 bugs I just know
1: that the quality is low That's my, that's my vision can it be that uh, there's agreement between developer and the tester that I make some bugs, you get payment for bugs? Yeah. It may, it may happen. Yeah, it may, I've se- I haven't seen that, but I can imagine it
0: may happen. Like developers will introduce bugs. It's logical. It may happen. They will they will make the software so easily easily breakable, and then testers will just break it and report bugs. Well, it could happen, but uh, you know it's. I haven't seen it in practice I haven't seen it Because programmers, they will immediately push back and If, this, if the testers will approach them with this idea This kind of corruption in the, in the organization They will try to I mean, most programmers, they will try to push back And say like, hey, don't play this game with me I know what you're doing So we're not like uh, I mean, we're, we're engineers it's not, it's not gonna I haven't seen
1: it, that's my answer But maybe well, it will happen. I guess they will be Eventually, if your programmers start to introduce bugs on purpose, I guess it's not good for their salary after all Well, yeah. in the yeah. end we can, yes, in the
0: end, we, it's not really a good idea to attach, I mean, to, 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 to measure the, the, the quality of programmer by the amount of bugs introduced by this person It's like many books say many things about that, it's not really good because it demotivates programmers And they become uh, fear-driven, so they, they are afraid to change stuff because they know that they're gonna be punished by the bugs they introduce, so it shouldn't be like that. So you should allow your programmers to introduce as many bugs as they can. It's not their job to fix bugs. I mean, to to catch that bugs. They're not testers. Their job is to make sure the feature works. If the feature request comes in and say the application has to have a feature of playing music, the programmer has to jump in and quickly implement that, breaking as much as possible. The programmer doesn't care as long as unit tests pass, as long as integration tests all work together, as long as the build is clean. The programmer doesn't care about anything else. The music plays. The music plays, but the login is broken. Who cares if the login is not covered by unit tests? It's not my problem. I just commit this whole thing together, package it, put it to, to the master branch, and then the bug comes back to me in five hours, in two hours, saying like, "Hey, login is broken. No problem. I'll fix login." But but I shouldn't be afraid to break login when I introduce some feature. This is, the, this is the kind of wrong mentality. But if people will introduce many, many bugs and the same programmer will do the same and again, then there's going to be some attention to that person, of course, especially if the bugs will be you know, easy to discover and will be just see that's so visible, so so easy. One more question. We have time? Yeah. yeah. OK. Uh, are you paying for delivering code as well? Well, we, yes. We pay for delivering code as well So we break down our, uh, our scope into smaller tasks in our management model We break down the, 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 the full problem into smaller pieces And then we give these pieces to programmers And they uh, deliver it back to, to us, to, to, the, to the repository And when they deliver, we pay So that's our model so I think it's it's the, it's the best model actually. It's better than paying for time and for just you know just for months and then do whatever you want and then in the end of the month hope that something will be delivered. So it's better to the management should be able to break down bigger problem into smaller pieces and somehow do this uh, work transactionally. So answering that question yes we do. Um, another one. Do the people
1: have stable salaries?
0: So oh no. Definitely not, definitely not. Well, they work in, in multiple projects and they get some, some money here, some money there So we have multiple projects and we allow them to be here and there So they kind of control their own salary, but we break it down into really small pieces So in most cases people are able to deliver it fast So it's not like you get the piece for five days of work and then you don't complete it We don't pay it. It's not happening. We break into like one hour of work so it's like multiple, multiple micro-tests, which you get like five tasks a day And yes, one of them will not be completed, but four you will still complete So if people really work and they spend 3-4 hours a day for us, they will get paid for 3-4 hours uh, What about unit testing and testing automation? Do you motivate people to do such things? Oh definitely, it's not just, it's not just a thing, it's... The unit testing and, and testing automation, it's just... It's just the practice of programming So I don't know now, people I don't know it's possible now to talk about any programming without unit testing It's like, uh, I have an article on my blog about that I compare that with, let's say, it's like asking a question Do you motivate people to create classes in their code? They need classes, I mean in object-oriented programming They need classes, they, they need to break down the big problem into classes And then connect these classes together So do we pay them for creating classes? Or do we pay them for I don't know for creating files? They need files to write code. They just will do it. The same for unit testing. So professional programmer cannot work without the unit test. I cannot imagine myself writing any you know software with like more than five files without unit tests. So how I'm gonna suppose how I will test? How I will not test? But it's really difficult to even write the software, not even not test. So the unit tests it's like an instrument. It's, a, it's like part of the software. Unit testing is not, a, is not anymore uh, some feature which some programmers should use, and some of them say we don't use unit tests. It's like saying we don't use classes and we don't use files, you know, we just do something else. What do you do? Like, how do you, how do you manage to create something without files? So, the same for unit tests. The unit test is something which you need to have in order to create the, the Java class or, you know, any class, dot net or whatever, C sharp. So, it's, it's like a mandatory element of writing code. It's not an extra feature which you need to motivate people to use. I think so. What about automated tests or testers write them? uh no I don't think automated tests well we're talking about different things yeah, the automated tests like selenium tests for example or uh, what else do we have not selenium but uh, phantom Gs tests like casper Gs like tests which are on a higher level uh, which automate you know kind of integrate everything together and then uh, you can uh uh, can automate your routine operations, for example, login, log out, like the, the picture, upload the picture So you can move your regression testing to the level of automated testing And the good testers, they will definitely do that And it's not going to be because we want that, it's not going to be because we will tell them to do that, like the management But because they will understand that if they automate tests, they will easily find bugs I had this example as well, I had this, this situation, so I had this a number of, at the same time when I was managing for about a month, these testers So one of them was quite smart, and he just realized, because I started to tell them that your goal guys is to find 30 bugs a week, not less And he just realized that that guy, he was kind, kind of a good programmer as well, not just a tester He just created a number of scripts for the regression test And he was able to find bugs faster than other testers who were not programmers because other testers, they were doing they were doing manual testing They were clicking and clicking and doing it all this manually, manual job But he automated that, and he was able to get more tests faster I didn't tell him to do that I didn't motivate them, I didn't, I didn't talk to him and say Hey guys, now we need to sit down and write automated tests Now we're going to send you to the courses, and you will learn how to do that We'll pay for that, and they will come back And then you'll make a plan, how you're going to create automated testing, no I just told him, if you don't find 30 bucks in a the week, then you're a bad tester But if you do, you're a good tester, and then, I mean, you're gonna get like a raise or whatever And then he immediately figured, figured it out that, boom, I can do automated testing Because he was motivated to do that Not because I told him, but because he was motivated naturally to do that kind of job So that's what I think should happen Just let testers do their job, motivate them right And they will do amazing stuff for you They will break your software In many different ways. That's what I think. Thank you very much.